What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of The Curious Mind of Griff. Today's guest is going to be Mr. Justin Hall. But before we get to talking to Justin, just wanted to remind you guys that we're now on three podcasting platforms. Um, We're on the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcasting app, and Spotify. Uh, Whichever platform you use, please go ahead and uh, follow us and or subscribe and uh, give us a rating and write a review. Tell us how we're doing. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Before we get started today, I wanted to give a special shout out to my friends Heather and Kirby uh, of the 5-8 Project. The 5-8 Project uh, is an awesome organization that raises health uh, for mental health issues and suicide awareness and and you know those both those issues are near and dear to my heart and I've lost a lot of good friends to these problems and they are real and we got to take the stigma off talking about these things but uh yeah go go check it out um it's the 58 project you can search it on Facebook and it'll pop right up um they sell kick-ass shirts, kick-ass apparel, um, and all the proceeds go towards these two causes. So please, please check them out. My guest today is Justin Hall. Uh, Justin and I went to the University of South Carolina together and struck up a friendship and been friends ever since. Uh, we started our early days of broadcasting doing the wonderful podcast on the SEC Plus 3 and Justin's just a great guy and a, a, a good man of faith. Um, we had a good conversation that I think you guys will enjoy. So without further ado, Justin Hall. So how did you first, when did you first realize that you wanted to get into broadcasting? Well, it started probably late middle school. Um, I think seventh or eighth grade is when every kid figures out if they're either cut out for sports or they're not. <laughs> as much as I wanted to play sports, I, the only thing I'm really good at is golf. And so I realized, you know, I, I'm not going to be a football player. I'm not going to be a baseball player. And I'm certainly not a basketball player. I've figured that out in church league. Like I'm, I'm a rim protector in church league. So that shows you how bad my shot is. But <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was probably about eighth grade and then, um, oh gosh, I was a junior in high school and where I went to high school, no shade, um, on my old high school over at airport high school in West Columbia, but there were, there really wasn't a media class at that point. Schools are so different now, um, where everything's so first or 21st century now. And we just had a little tiny little camera and that was it. And so there were, there were no real classes for sports media or media in general. And so Twitter was pretty new then too. It was probably 2011. So I reached out to Andy Demetra, who was at that time the play-by-play voice for basketball and baseball. And I reached out to him on Twitter just asking him for advice. You know, how, how does somebody get in the business? How, what did you learn? You know, and he DM'd me back. I wasn't expecting even that. He DM'd me back and really appreciated me asking questions. And he said to give him a call. He said, we're going to be in Florida and shoot arounds at three, call me at 3.15. So I'm like, like, okay. Uh, that's uh. So, <laughs> yeah. So I call him, I call Andy and Andy at this point, I'm a junior in high school. Andy Demetra is bigger than life. He still is. He's, 
hands down the man. He is the man. And he's so good at getting back in touch with you too. That's what I've always appreciated about Andy. Yeah. And so he, and he remembered, this is interesting. And so I call him and he answers on like the second ring and you can hear the basketball. I am on the phone with the play-by-play broadcaster and he's on the floor of the (laughs) O-Dome. Right. And so um, this is still Darren Horn. I think this is the a year or two left in Darren Horn. That was his, probably his last year because I think Frank came on in 2012. 2012. So very forgettable year. Basketball, yeah. they were not good. And yeah. they were not good at all. Um, so we're on the phone. He's talking to me about all these different things. I'm just getting advice. I'm not looking for anything. And I just really appreciated the connection. And yeah. And at the end of the conversation, he says, well, well we have baseball coming up. He said, so take a look at the baseball schedule and let me know what day, what game you wouldn't mind coming and sitting up in the booth with, with Tommy and I. And I'm like, oh, Tommy. Yeah. And so he said, just pick a game. Well, okay, if you give me that option, right. I'm games, right? So my games were Clemson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, game, my games were Clemson, Florida, and they were playing Harvard. I remember that. On Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that was the day after my I took my SAT, right? So awesome. that was a packed weekend. So he says, you know, let's go with the Harvard one because Clemson, there's a lot of sponsors coming through. Yeah. Florida, it's SEC. There's a lot of contract stuff. So let me let's do Harvard on a Sunday. We had only talked on the phone and emailed. Hmm. I get to the I get to founder at that point. It's, Car- it's I think it's still Carolina Stadium at that point. I, I get to Founders Park and I'm walking to the front gate. And he said, I'll meet you at the front gate. Just let them know you're with me. And, and show them this email and you'll be able to come in. So I walk to the front gate and I get through the front gate because they believe me, like I didn't doctor an email. <laughs> Andy's coming towards me. He comes right up to me. It, there was no, there, there, and there was no hesitation. It's like, hey, Justin, so nice to meet you in person. Like, I don't know how we knew that. Mm. We never seen each other. Maybe, uh, the, maybe your profile picture on maybe, Twitter? Maybe, or he'd done some background or something. Andy's just, he's like, <laughs> You could tell just the way he broadcasts. He's just the man, you know. He's like, the man. Well, <laughs> so. And getting to sit up there and just learn and see them in action. And Tommy Moody, I'm still friends with Tommy. Uh, we actually did the Friday night show on 107.5 together this awesome. fall. So um, wonderful guy. One of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. And they were just so generous with their time to give this junior in high school space, right, just to sit there and pick their brain and and see everything um he gives me a shout out on the air at the end carolina wins that year they go on to to omaha this by the way this back-to-back national champions they're they're going to omaha for a third straight time they lose to arizona but that was a really good ball club and so that kind of really that's when the bug took um for me so listening to andy that was when baseball wasn't widely disseminated i've always loved baseball broadcasting I don't really like broadcasting football I just don't um I could do basketball it's just a little too fast paced baseball for me is the love that it's always been that sport you could only listen to it on radio college baseball was only on radio that it was never on tv until Omaha like yeah even, even the supers were ESPN yeah and they only showed a few of them right mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only one I really remember watching, like physically watching, was uh, Carolina and Miami back in like 02 mm-hmm. and Carolina and Coastal in 2010. 
And then uh, I, I, I think I remember him watching Texas when I was younger too, when they played. Yeah, you that that national championship game. Yeah, right when it was a game, like a game, and not the two. Out of I still three. stick with it. That was a three-game series. South Carolina wins it. I, I, I think they had the pitching to do it. Yeah. But. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then the next year they changed it to a three-game series, and Carolina mm-hmm. loses in Omaha to Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. So, uh, but that was when that was when my love for for broadcasting kind of started. And all I did was just listen. I never really watched games at that point. If I was watching them, I muted the TV. And I was listening to how Andy presented um, the call and, and what he did. And it was having fun on the air, too. It wasn't just cut and dry baseball. Yeah. Uh, he was having fun with Tommy. And, and, and Tommy and had a special bond, too. They had a really good bond and really good connection on the air. Yeah. And nothing against Derek. Like, I've met Derek, too. Derek's great. Derek's really good. Derek's really good. Derek. Scott, Brad Muller, they're great. They're great, 100%. Um, I just like Andy's style better. Um, and that's just, I'm, I just, that's, and I've kind of modeled my style after that, just having fun on the air. And Derek does too, and Brad does too. I, I empathize with Brad. Brad has to broadcast women's basketball by himself. He has no color commentator. Yeah. He does it by himself. That's hard. Picking up the conversation and <laughs> it's right. Hard. Right. There's no one to bounce. There's no, there's no back and forth. And so, um, but Andy's always been that, that person. And so when, you know, I don't want to get ahead of the lead here, but when I got, you know, with uh, the Boilerfish baseball team and was doing play by play, um, I, you know, I reached out to him and said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, um, but this is who I am. And this is what I'm doing now. Uh, My first broadcast is this night. I'd love for you to listen in if you can. Um, turns out my first broadcast was a walk-off win I'll oh, never man forget. that's killer they were down uh gosh now I'm forgetting I think they were down 10 9 to 9 to 3 9 to 2 wow. and going into the ninth inning and craziness happens you know college baseball but then you put summer on top of it it gets yeah. crazy it's wild walk-off yeah we throw a wood bat in that they've never used before yeah uh, so so they, you know they walk-off win and um, it was awesome. It was still one of the highlights of my professional career. And Andy uh, tweeted me, or might, might have texted, uh, the next day and said, hey, great call. Continue to, continue to have fun with it. So when you have somebody like that who you look up to as a, as a young person, I won't say a kid, but as you look up to as a young person, and then they, they – if he's not, he made me believe he was, right? But appeared to be invested in what I wanted to do and invested in wanting to help me. That's that's where it started. I think if he, had he not opened up the booth to me that day and brought me in to let me see how it works and whether I wanted to do it, I honestly believe I probably would have charted a different course and gone to more office work and, and figured something out. Yeah. But, uh, doing that so right around my sophomore junior year of high school is when that really kind of developed and it's so crazy that like you know those those guys those teams that were as good as they were on the field it like listening to those guys and watching those guys it was like you know that Andy and Tommy were kind of part of that magic too they were just so good at at, at well Tommy just knows everything <laughs> right it's it's weird it's weird y'all it's weird yeah, and, and then Andy's so good at just painting the picture and just and making you feel like you're sitting behind home plate, really. I mean, yeah, 
he even told me like how they set up the mics. So they had they, the, their radio booth at the time was off to the right of mm -hmm. the home plate. He said, I wanted it to be here because from this angle, I can get left, right, and up, down. It's the perfect seat. He yeah. said, people think it's behind home plate. It's not. He said, yeah. I want to be off to the right so I can see up, down, left, right. Uh, he showed me where he positions his crowd mic. So he said, if I put it right here, I know I'm going to get the pop of the mitt. Mm -hmm. I can't believe. Yeah. And, it's, and you're right. It's all about painting that picture and making people feel like they're there. Yeah. Um, that, and that's what I always wanted to do. You look back at some of those games. I, I don't remember a lot, um, but I remember the call. I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember how I felt and I remember the call. I remember him calling Scott Wingo's uh, mm -hmm. double play balls in 2011. I remember the Christian Walker home run, the three run home run, a moonshot to left field at down in coastal. Um, I remember, I remember the, the walk off in 2010. No offense. Who, who was it? Mike Patrick, who was on the call then for the college yeah. world series. No offense to Mike Patrick. He's a, he's a legend. But that didn't do it justice. No. Uh -uh. Um, and by the way, you know that was Andy's first year with yeah. baseball. Yeah, I remember that. Mike Morgan, Mike Morgan had just left. Mm -hmm. And Andy comes in. People have forgotten that Andy actually started with women's basketball in the Susan Walvius days. Yeah. And I'm not going to throw shade on, on, on Coach Walvius, but women's basketball was not good. Yeah, not – They were having to give remember – when, remember for Carolina fans when you got tickets for free? Yeah, oh, Yeah. Yeah, they did that. They had to do that with Dawn for the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, yes. But then, you know, she started putting butts in seats when, obviously, they with their success. I mean, they're Start winning, you know. Yeah. yeah, he started there. So that was his first year. And to get to paint that picture, it he, he made you feel like you were there. Yeah. The worst thing a broadcaster can do is make you certain that you're listening to a game and that you're not in the stands. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend of mine who went to church with me, and his him and his wife were both blind. Mm -hmm. and getting their feedback on what they like to hear on a broadcast is so important that, describing, that's awesome that's the uniforms mm -hmm. the grass uh all these different things that that you take for granted when you're calling a game yeah the sun's the sun's doing this the most important thing you can do in a game is describe baseball if anybody out here wants to call baseball describe the shadows where are the shadows at it's so important as the sun's going down, all right, the shadows are creeping in from the right field line. The fact that that, that one little thing, two plays later, there could be a fly ball hit to right field, and the right fielder's now got to battle the shadow and battle the sun. So the details are just so, so, so important. Painting the picture, making the fan feel like they're there, you create that bond. Like you're sitting there watching a game together, and that's what you want to do. You want to make your listener feel like they're sitting right beside you and you guys are just taking in a ball game because at the end of the day, that's what baseball is. It's a long season. College baseball is 52 games. Hopefully fingers crossed. Yes. Major league baseball is 162 games. Hopefully fingers crossed. Don't delay the spring training in a, in a postseason on top of that. In a postseason on top of that, that usually takes about a month. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, the DSs are five game series, but then you go to sevens and mm -hmm. a seven game series. That's Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to win four, <laughs> so that's. Four I think games. I, I'm not opposed to making this the championship series five game series. I'm not opposed to it. Me neither. I mean, um, that's make the World Series a seven gamer. Yeah. And don't start, don't start playoff games at like almost nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. The Braves, I guess, because the Dodgers were the West Coast team, 
Um, well, then also they were playing in Houston. So. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So I didn't make even it realize it. it. But yeah, but they. Uh, I work. Like. Yeah, yeah and a baseball it. game is going to take a minimum of three hours. Yeah. Well, we did when we were doing. You know, we were doing the high school Friday night show. Tommy and I. And we're doing it from home this year because of COVID. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I watched game. Was it game five? Yeah, the Braves had a chance to win it and go to the World Series. Yeah. And they blew it because Braves. And so (laughs) the whole game, the game happened. I watched maybe an inning after my show was over, nine to midnight. I watched, I got to watch one inning after it was over. It took that long. Man. It's it's insane to do games that late, but I'm getting off course. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you have to, you have to figure in too with those playoff games is all, all the strategy that goes into it and all the, you know, all the pitching changes. And luckily they only have limited mound visits now, but. Yeah, that's yeah. what drew a lot of people. But that's that's the part of baseball that I enjoy, and I know it slows the game down. But the strategy of it is something that I think the mound visits takes away a little bit. But that's that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, I think the mound visit the mound visits are what make it. I think what's so important, especially in a playoff series, I can understand regular season. I get it, but in a playoff game why should a pitcher have to face a minimum of three batters? Yeah, that's my thing. We've completely done away with a lefty specialist. Lefty we've specialist. Is done that's like taking away kickers in football. Yeah, or uh, yeah, taking away kickers or taking away the, you know, just the guy who's coming in just to foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like so, the enforcer in hockey, which I think that's actually going away too now. Kind yeah, of. it will. And they, but we're completely changing the game, all for the sake of trying to get ten-year-olds to watch. Listen, yeah, baseball will always be. Everyone knows the James Earl Jones Field of Dream speech, right? America rolls on like a like a steamroller, and it's been erased like a blackboard and rewritten and erased again. But baseball marks the time. That is true. Baseball's been around since eighteen hundred something. Yeah. It's not going away. No, it's not. There are too many people who enjoy baseball, yeah. and having worked in baseball, baseball is more than just the game. Yes. It, yeah, it's hard to watch on TV. Absolutely. Unless unless it's like Yankees Red Sox or Dodgers Giants or some rivalry series. I'm not watching a game unless the Braves are playing. Yeah. Because I don't I don't no offense. I don't care about the Cardinals. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, unless it's Cardinals. I'm, I'm actually the opposite. I I if it's on and I have the time to watch it, I'll sit there and watch it just to right. But I also play a lot of fantasy baseball. Too. I'll check in. I'll watch, you know, an inning or two, yeah. but I'm not going to devote three hours of my day to yeah, watch yeah. the White Sox and the Tigers. I'm just yeah. not going to do it. Um, why, why, why go for fans? Why go for the young fan? Why don't you make the experience better for 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 baseball fans? How for about that? You already have on the hook, pretty much. You know, like they're now. going to go. They're going to watch your games. Oh yeah. Like, they're gonna they're gonna buy your MLB at bat. They're gonna buy where they can watch every. I don't know. Maybe the Braves have spoiled me. I've always been able to watch Braves games. Yeah, I've always been able to. Whether it was TBS right at seven oh five in the glory days of the late nineties and early two thousands, or even now it was Fox Sports South. I don't know what's gonna be now. Yeah, but I, don't the Fox I don't know what it's called. Affiliate or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be something. I'm still gonna be able to watch them. Yeah, like, games. Those games are not ever going to be blacked out here because I live far enough away from Atlanta. Yeah. So maybe I'm spoiled. But even then, I'm going to go to games this year too. I don't care. Oh, I have to wear a mask? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go watch baseball because it's more 
baseball needs to understand and commissioner Manfred needs to get this through his head. Hopefully Ken Griffey can help. Yeah. Hopefully Griffey Jr. can help deal with the fans you have. It's yeah. listen, the 10 year olds aren't going to watch baseball. I didn't watch baseball when I was 10. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch basketball. I would rather watch football. It's faster. Yes. And my attention spans like, like a squirrel. I don't, mm. I don't want to watch those games, but when I got to 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, and I've now been able to understand and learn the game. The, the mound visits are, are awful if you don't understand the game. Yeah. But if you understand the game, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, well, they can bring in so-and-so. And, and oh, his fastball's really good. Uh, he can work off his slider a little bit with a little bit of a change-up. And these next three hitters, oh, they've been struggling with the all-speed pitch all game. We got a chance here. You got a shot. You know, you see, yeah. and now all of a sudden you're deep in the game. You're invested in every pitch matters and it's wonderful. And it's a beautiful thing. You're not going to care about that when you're 10. Like yeah. I see dads take their sons to games all the time. When I worked in baseball, the son loved it. Like he did, but it, it was for the dad. It, yeah. it was for the dad to take his son to the game and just enjoy a day at the ballpark. Like I, that's one thing. Like if, if I ever get blessed enough to have a kid, right, a son, and a daughter, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to take them to ball games because they might not like it, but I want to expose them to it and say, "Hey, this is the beauty of baseball. This is this isn't basketball. This isn't too fast paced. This is baseball, and it gives you a chance. You can talk. Yeah, you have more opportunities to socialize at a baseball game than you do at a movie. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what baseball needs to get back to is trying to keep the fans they have. Mm-hmm. No one wants an international tiebreaker rule. It's trash. Yeah. No one, that at all the no one, yeah. you know what i'm okay with intentional walks just holding up the four fingers i'm good with that that's yeah fine. i'm fine i'm fine with that yeah pitchers don't need to be limited or like you have to get three batters in i that's stupid i don't that's like that dumb. at all because i mean you, like you said you kill the lefty specialist and there's been so many good lefty specialists and good you know it's just you kill that whole uh sector of players you know yeah. it's a chess match you you're taking you're and if we're all about the analytics now, that's analytics. That's yeah. that play the numbers game. And oh, listen, especially in a postseason series, you know, your bullpen is vital. If you use yeah. up your bullpen in one game, you know that puts the onus on your starter in his next start. Game three, you're tied at 1-1. You just won a game, but now your starter's got to go seven. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And then it affects the way the other team approaches the plate. They're just going to take pitches all day long. Well, yeah, and you look at a perfect example of that would be the um, – was it 2014 when the Royals won it? Uh, 2014 or 2015? I think they got beat by the Mets one year. I'm trying to remember. Or maybe lost. Maybe they beat the Mets. Anyways, but th- that was a perfect example of that bullpen when they had Greg Holland and Wade Davis. And um, I think they had Joachim, Joachim Soria in that pen. I mean, they were just – they were so loaded with arms at the back of the game that it, you know, it didn't matter if you knocked that big starter out because they didn't, you know, they had that back end covered and those right. guys were so good at just, they all had their styles contrasted so well with one another. And it was just such a, you know, tough. If, if you had to get that one run to beat the Royals, it was so hard to come by because you had to go through those three guys to get it. Right. And, you know, I think that that's something that's going to kind of go away. I mean, the closer's not going to go away, obviously. But, you know, the three-batter thing, it, it bothers me. But um, They won it in 2015, by the way. They beat the Mets in 2015. 
Okay. Okay. So I knew I was right around that. I think yeah. the not the Giants. The Giants went in 14. 14. Yeah. Orioles 15, Cubs 16. Yep. 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 That's right. That's right. But yeah. So what was your first gig broadcasting? How, how did you get your start? Oh, gracious. My first. Oh, it was the Blowfish. Blowfish. Um, okay. Yeah. I interned with the Blowfish. They, they, okay. For people who don't know, as I don't want to assume, um, the Blowfish are a summer collegiate baseball team. Uh, in the Coastal Plain League. So in co- summer collegiate baseball, you got the Cape Cod League, which gets the best players, mm-hmm. uh, but their their stadiums are awful. Yeah. Um, the Northwoods League is really good in the upper Midwest and, you know, Wisconsin and places like that. Uh, and then the Coastal Plain League, it's a 15-team, as of right now, 15-team league with teams in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. Um you might have seen it on social media. You got teams like the Savannah Bananas and the Macon yeah. Bacon, and now the Tri City City Owls. Yep, Four City Owls. Oh gosh, the Gastonia Grizzlies, which just moved to Spartanburg. So Spartanburg's oh, okay. team. That's so awesome. there three, yeah, there are three Palmetto State teams now: Lexington County Blowfish, Florence Red Wolves, and uh, Spartanburg. They haven't announced their name yet, but um, so summer collegiate team. I started interning with them in 2017 uh, as a media intern. Uh, I was still in college. I was graduating that upcoming December because I was I was able to squeeze four years into four and a half. And so um, I interned for them in the summer and just did the scoreboard and the video board. That's, <laughs> you know, I was an intern, right? Uh, I didn't do baseball. it. For, I, I got to watch baseball every day. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it for course credit. Um, I just did it as a volunteer in my time. I worked at a at a, at a cafe sandwich shop. Uh during the day and to make things work to get a paycheck. Cause I was paying for college. I paid for college my whole way through. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I would bake the bagels in the mornings. So I'd wake up around three 45, four o'clock, go in, go in, bake the bagels, uh, work until about 10, go home, take a quick nap. And then I was at the ballpark at three, every game, seven Oh five. So getting home around 1145 and doing it all again the next day, I was running on fumes, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just did that uh, for the summer. And then that was the end of that. Um, went back to school, interned with Gamecock Central that fall. Uh, worked with Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark and our guy, Colin Taylor. Great okay. guys. Colin, Colin was my right hand, or I was his right hand guy during football season. Uh, Wes, um, Will Helms and I too. Um, Will was working for him at the time and still is, I think, still contributes. But um, so covered that 2017 team, which turned out to be the most successful year of the Will Muschamp era. But then look back at that team and you realize just how bad that season was. Yeah. Um, so got to cover all those games and then graduated in December with no full time job in my career uh, field at that point. So you're the only one that left Carolina like that. So don't feel bad. Right. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. And it's not and it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. Right. No, it's just not because people have an entry level job and they want you to have 10 years of experience. Yeah. It's crazy. Or they don't um, want to pay you that too. Well, I mean, I got a mortgage. I got to pay, you know, I got to find a way to that. That was my biggest thing. And yeah. luckily I, I, I had, I have a two year degree in the air force that makes me way more money than my four year degree from Carolina does. But you know, I, that four year degree was something that I wanted to pursue out of passion versus yep. kind of just lucked out with that two year degree that's I kind of went in open in the Air Force and that's just kind of where that led me so right. one's by chance one's by you know will but yeah and yeah. the one by chance kind of works out better than the one by will yeah uh, so 
I knew that the play-by-play guy was leaving Lexington County, Brian Principe, who was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I did my senior semester of college with him. Yeah, he let me hop on the air with him in 2017 as an intern mm-hmm. twice, went on the road and had a great time with him and got to see how he did things. I knew he was leaving. He knew I wanted a position. So he said, why don't you, you know, why don't you give him a call? and see if they're interested and tell them you're interested. So I called and, and the owner, Bill Shanahan called me back and we met and we talked. I had no experience. I had two games under my belt and the GM at the time said, well, let's, let's get you some experience. He said, try to go somewhere and call baseball. So, okay, well, I have some connections now having interned with Gamecock Central. I know some of the SIDs. So I shot an email to Kent Reichert who the SID over baseball. And I said, Hey, Kent, I'm just looking to get into a booth by myself, lock the door and record myself. Yeah. And he said, all right, well, great. Charleston Southern's coming up this weekend. They don't have a, they don't have a radio team coming in. So you can just use their booth. So I recorded myself calling that game, gave it over to the Blowfish. They liked it. They hired me for that summer. At the same time, I, ha- I got a freelance job with the Lexington County Chronicle writing sports articles about high school baseball got to cover my high school team playing for a state championship, you know, um, just, so I got to do a lot of different things. And then that was my first gig was play by play for the blowfish. Um, it was a dream come true to broadcast baseball. Um, it was, it was a thrill to get to go on the bus with the players as a guy who loves sports, but was never good at them. Um, to get to do that and to delve into the psyche of the game and, and the team, listen, the team was bad. Yeah. I mean, my two years of play-by-play were the two worst years in Blowfish history. Hands, oh. hands down, I poured over the numbers. It didn't get worse than that. <laughs> um, in a 52-game season or however many games it was, 57. Uh, my first year, they won 19 games. My second year, they won 14 games or something like that. So it was not good. Was it, it like injuries or was it uh, they just weren't very good or – a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had some good players. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, offend anybody who played on those teams. I love those guys, but uh, I just never gelled. You know, yeah. and you have you have seasons like that. Now, this past year, when I was in management, <laughs> one doubleheader split away from playing for a playoff spot. You know, so um, no, things like that happen, and and but it was a good experience uh, to be on the road. Uh, I was I was not married. You know, um, my now wife and I were dating, um, sacrificed a lot of time over the summer. That's one thing that, you know, I wish was different, I guess, you know, is that we didn't, we didn't have a lot of time together over the summers and we weren't able to take trips and things like that. And I was always tired. And, um, so that, you know, you, you have, you have to make a decision there at at some point as to what you would rather have in life. And, Mm um, you know, I, now I'm on a different path, but, um, that was, that was so, it was so much fun just calling games and just calling baseball. You know, I got paid to call baseball, you know, Uh, the most stressful part of my job was making sure all the equipment worked and that struggle, struggle. I promise you never easy, but got to go to some great ballparks and meet some great people around the league. I got to go down to Savannah, Georgia, down at historic Grayson stadium and, and, um, call some games there Met met my guy, Mark Edis, who, you know, I'm still friends with and, uh, he works down at, he actually works in the same town where I took my honeymoon. So, but, um, got to go down to Macon, Luther Williams field, historic ballpark, the Macon peaches, uh, the number of, you know, minor league guys that became major league stars that played in those two ballparks alone. 
impressive. Got yeah, to got to go over to Florence a lot, <laughs> and uh, you know, hang out with those guys and call games there. Uh, Forest City, beautiful area up there, McNair Field. Um, got to go up to High Point, North Carolina. Got to go over to Fayetteville a few times. Um, never made it up there for a year. Yeah, never made it up to the Virginia teams. Those are yeah. some halls. But it, I mean, it was and it was day trips too. We never stayed overnight. So it was drive up there and then get on the bus and drive back. So yeah, you know, you're leaving. You're leaving about one o'clock in the afternoon, and you're not getting back until one 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 thirty in the morning. Yeah, and then you're right back to work again because you got a home game the next day. You're back at the office at ten. Yeah. So you know, you you learn to get used to it. But that was my first real uh, foray into um, into broadcasting was was summer league baseball. So how did you how did you transition into the management aspect and what what kind of responsibilities were you at in your management role with them? Yeah, so 2018 was just play by play. And then at the end of the 2018 season, uh, they offered me position director of media broadcasting and uh, starting to learn some sales um, stuff, you know, selling tickets and sponsorships. And yeah. Things of that sort. So I was doing a lot of that, a lot of cold calls, a lot of meetings, um, yeah, social media. Cold calls are tough, man. <laughs> cold calls are tough. I, you know, I'm not a salesman. I'm just not. And I'm the same that way. That was tough. And so it, it, it was challenging for sure. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you do what you got to do to put food on the table. Oh, you yeah. know? So that was the, that was the transition was, was, you know, getting in a sponsorship and, and, and ticket sales and, building a season and building a team it's it's a people always ask what do you do in the off season well in the off season what sets up the season so you know season runs from memorial day weekend to about the second week of august you mm-hmm. get about a week after that to kind of catch your breath and then you're moving on to the next year and so yeah. you come up with a season theme you start reaching out to teams and seeing about recruiting players um you're having conversations with your coaching staff. Are we keeping them? Are we moving on? What are we doing there? You're talking to sponsors, trying to get them to re-up their contracts and re-sign with you. How did they enjoy their experience? You're trying to get season ticket holders to renew. Um, that's the big thing about sports, specifically independent and summer league teams. Ticket sales and sponsorships is what pays the bills. Yeah, that's what carries. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to do that, and that's what made COVID so brutal this year i mean I, I i hope i hope i never go through anything like that again it was the most stressful stressful period you know you're playing a wedding and you're you know trying to yeah. trying to make sure a baseball season works but that's what you do and that was the transition um so i was director of media um there was already an assistant gm and a gm um i'm still great friends with kyle who was the assistant gm at the time we go through the 2019 season he's on the way out he's moving on to new things so i take the assistant gm spot and then, so this was November of 2019. By the way, in the off season, we're also coordinating different events. So mm-hmm. a chili cook-off, a parade, uh, the concert series in Lexington. We're at all those because we're the team in the area. So we're at all those events. So there's all these different events going on all throughout the year. Coordinating with those, making sure you're out at those events, hiring interns, working with the university to, to get interns and working with them to teach them, mold them into, you know, decent yeah. employees and decent people. Um, in November, our GM at the time took a position with Middle Tennessee State uh, in their IMG Learfield College. And so he moved up to Murfreesboro. So I, you know, assumed the duties as the GM, still still with the assistant GM title. But um, 
assumed a lot of those duties. It was a small staff. So it was only me and one other person and the owner, Bill. Uh, so we worked together as a team trying to make this thing happen. So it was just three of us when COVID happened. So um, that, it was all inclusive. And at, at, if, it's down, if it sounds scattered, it's because that was my day every day. You know, you're, yeah. you're making sure the field's in good condition. You're making sure your media equipment's working. You're making sure the news people know that you're playing. You're making sure the opposing team has what they need. You're making sure you're in contact with the league. You're making sure that you've got the players signed and their insurance forms are correct. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Host families, are they locked in? Can, are these players going to have a place to stay? Yeah. Um, are interns doing what they're supposed to do? Are they here? Uh, season ticket holders, are they happy? Um, all, all things. Yeah, it's like you got to pick which fire you put out at, at a time, you know. Right. Pretty- and it wasn't just me. I don't want it to seem like it was just me because it wasn't. It's a team effort. And oh, it's yeah. all, it has at that point. But, but at that point, what – every day I would say, okay, how many hoops do I need to jump through today? Yeah. How many hoops do I have? Mm -hmm. And you just, everything you attack it is jumping through a hoop. And hopefully by the end of the day, you don't have any hoops left. Yep. (laughs) You know, if you have hoops left over, you know, you probably fell short of what you needed to do that day. So that was kind of my transition into management and then what that kind of looked like. It was, um, it, it, I've never been more. I've I seriously like this spring and this past summer. I was the most stressed out person. I think I I think anyone's ever seen. I it never stopped. Yeah, we have that many. I think what the biggest thing about COVID that made it so bad is just the uncertainty that. And it just there was we didn't know anything about it at first, and you know it was at first it was it it's killing everybody, and then you know, it kind of shifted towards the elderly population was more and people with, you know, uh, pre-existing conditions. Yeah, you figure it out. As many times as I've heard that over the past year, I would know it. But um, I think that, that but like, uh, one of the the things I wanted to ask you too is, so when I always wondered how those teams end up getting their players. Mm -hmm. So what's the recruiting process like for that? Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, with us, we had a, we had a group, we called it, I mean, we were a scouting team, basically. It was me, uh, our coaching staff, which is always just a head coach and a pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our director of stadium and field operations, uh, who is a teacher over at Gilbert and an assistant baseball coach. We would, so you have connections already built in with South yeah. Carolina and Clemson and your local schools. Local schools. So you just call them. Okay. You call them, say, hey, you know, who you got? Who, who, who do you want to send here to get better? Yeah. The good thing about the Blowfish is they're well-known mm-hmm. in the area. The, the league, the Coastal Plain League is well-known. It's a good league. It's a great league. It is. It is. A, lot of, a lot of great players have come through the Coastal Plain League. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'll rattle them off real quick. Uh, Kevin Euclid, uh Mark Reynolds, uh, <laughs> who was my owner's son-in-law. Uh, so, and then, and then Justin Verlander. I don't know if we've heard of him, but yeah. <laughs> all the guys played in the league. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you know, some local guys that, you know, I mean, the list from South Carolina is crazy, but, um, so you just call them, you say, Hey, who do you got? Who do you want to send to get better? And you still have to build your team, how you want it. Okay. How do we want to build? And the key was always, we want to build up the middle. So we want to get the best catcher. We can get the best second baseman and shortstop and the best center fielder. If we can get that and then work out, then we're okay. Yeah. Um, You get them, you sign them, you know, it's pretty straightforward. They commit to playing for you. Um, it's a developmental thing, you know, yeah. uh, you don't, we don't pay them. Okay. That's what I, I always wondered if they got paid or not. I never not a paid league. Uh, we can't do that. 
Yeah, uh, I didn't think. I was like, but it's also they don't have to pay to be in the league. Okay, okay. So so it so they get to play for free. They okay. just get to get better, get recognized. I mean, there are scouts all the time in our games. Yeah, uh, they get they get to get scouted, and and if they're good enough, they play in the All Star game, which is a big deal where scouts will come out. They have a whole scout day, and oh yeah. Um, and then we set them up with a host family, and we bring them in, and you know, getting to know them a little bit is is always fun. So it's, it's hard to explain. It's just, you know, you put out an email. I'd email the guys at Coastal or College of Charleston and just, you know, hey, Coach Holbrook, who you got? You know, or, yeah. or hey, Coach Kingston or Coach Mead or whoever at Carolina, yeah. who you got? And, and Monty up at Clemson, same thing. Um, so that was pretty cool. To, yeah, that's awesome. Right before, right before I ended my time there in the fall, I picked up the phone and called Florida and said, yeah. hey, you guys got anybody? Hey, uh, they did not. Um, <laughs> they did not. Uh, big programs like that typically push their guys pretty quick. And so that's kind of the process. It's not really that hard because guys are looking to play. So do they give like, so a league like the Cape Cod league, do they give that preference usually over the coastal plane? And I always thought the coastal plains was kind of just for the, for like, it's like maybe not like a division down maybe, but for the younger guys more. It it mostly is. It mostly is because you're going to send your juniors and seniors that are really like draft eligible, like right now. Mm -hmm. You're going to send eight. Um, and you know, it always bothered me because that's kind of just a reputation thing. Like there's nothing about Cape that's any different than the Coastal Plain League or the North Coast. It's just kind of Cape Cod League. Yeah, Um, and that's okay. It's because Freddie Prince Jr. was in it in the movie Summer Catch. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, really, that's the only reason. I mean, there's some great leagues. You got the, you got the, uh, the California League. You got the Valley League. You got the Florida Gulf Coast League. There's a lot of good leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some make you pay, some don't, and a lot of people send their freshmen and sophomores to the to the to the Coastal Plain League, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I've seen some really good players come through. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's it's 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 really good baseball. I mean, I, yeah. I love going to watch the Blowfish and this that new stadium that they moved into out in Lexington County, that I bet that's been very beneficial. It has. The players love it. We're near Lake Murray. So a lot of our host families live near or around the lake. So they enjoy, you know, getting out on the lake on the days off. And uh, it's run like a minor league ball club. They don't have to do anything. Like other teams in the league, they would have to do field work and pull the tarp. And we don't make them do, we didn't make them do that, you know, we didn't do that. And so they just got to come out and play baseball for a summer. And they're very lucky. And a lot of the guys realize that. And this past year was really fun to watch guys. You know, this year we actually got a good crop of talent because of COVID shutting down every other league. A few teams in the league that we were in stayed open. Us, uh, at the time, the Bluefish, Bacon, and the Bananas. And so we got a good crop of guys from Carolina. You know, we got Brady Allen and Wes Clark and and Brett Carey and Brennan Malone, Andrew Peters. Yeah, that's um, Will Sanders. Will Sanders is going to be a great pitcher, by the way. Carolina fans are going to fall in love with this kid. He is yeah. long. He's um, and I can't believe I'm plugging him for free. Um, mm. Long. He's just he's just got a great fastball. He reminds me a lot of a Vanderbilt pitcher. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The Vanderbilt pitcher. And now that he's now that he's in school and he's in the weight room and he gets a little bit more weight on the legs and a little bit more muscle down there, his drive is going to just be. He's going to be a really good player for three years. And he's yeah. going to be a real. I would put it. Probably next year, he will be a Sunday starter. That's, that's no question. I'm really excited about the team this year. I think that they got they have a chance to be something special. I think this year. I think I think a super regional is not out of the question. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it, and a lot of that falls with how the bracket stacks up usually going into that tournament and who you're yeah. grouped with in the regional. 
you, you want to be that top seed in the regional. I think I think the percentage is staggering for the one one and two seeds to move on yep. to the supers. But um, but yeah, so that, that's that's cool. I I I'd never really. I've always figured that uh, those guys. I, I just never really knew how they ended up in those leagues. So that's really cool that they're kind of, so if two teams are going after the same player, is it just pretty much who gets the contact first? It's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. It, you know, typically we're not going after the same guys. It's never really been that way because each coaching staff has their own connections. And so that's never, yeah. so they're just going to sign it kind of where, yeah. 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 The guys are never really choosing between teams in the league. That was never, yeah. at least in my time, that was never really an issue. Yeah, because, I mean, you're just wanting to get guys pretty much swings and pitches and stuff like that. Yeah, so so from there, so you transitioned to, to the school district now. Um, right. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I <clears throat> got the opportunity right around, right around Christmas or a few weeks before um, I interviewed with them, and um, it was just a good opportunity. You know, I'd been – with the blowfish at that point for four seasons yeah um and so the grind of the summers was really starting to get to me mm -hmm. uh, newly newly married um with a lot of time yeah and so i wanted to try to move to something that's a little bit different and got an opportunity they have their own television station their own production thing where they go around and and, and do a lot of marketing for the school and yeah. covering what's happening in the districts or the district i should say in the schools mm -hmm. Um, so got that position, got hired, uh, and started that right after the first of the year, uh, January 5th was my first day. So I've been there about a month and, um, it's really good, you know, steady, consistent hours that, oh, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not at the ballpark late, you know, you, there's a defined time where you're going to be home. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're not on the road 24 seven. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a better opportunity. Um, you know, making more, you know, so, that's all I think too. So, do you, are you just respond? You're just responsible for any kind of broadcast message, pretty much. That the right, right. So, so like uh, every week, we produce a segment called Inside Richland One, where okay. you know, we we put together what's going on in the district, and I record the voiceovers and any other spots that I film throughout the week. I edit those in, and um, we do that. You know. It, board meetings you have to go film those and record yep. those and then put them on demand and uh state of the district address from the superintendent will be there for that and covering that so you know big events like that graduations um big time district-wide chorus stuff you know not you know if x middle school has something going on i don't have to be there yeah unless it's something major but it, it's been it's been really good it's been really good i've enjoyed it so far yeah, that sounds like a, it sounds like a pretty, are you having to, uh, like, teach any classes or anything with it? No, or, no, so I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a district employee. Okay. Uh, I'm not a teacher. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm just a district employee, just, um, you know, working in one of the district offices and, and, and getting to go out in schools and talk to the teachers on occasion. Um, you know, it's been different with COVID, but. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say, I, I guess after COVID happened, they probably realized a lot of places probably realized that they needed uh, a position that, you know, like a, like a, not a PR position, but like a, uh, a, a voice pretty much for a, market, a marketing position. Yeah. No, no yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, you need to somebody to that's a, yeah. news and any kind of updates, especially with the school because yeah. you know, they're constantly needing, you know, parents are probably constantly looking to, 
you know, the information and stuff like that. Yeah, and with, and with COVID and stuff too, you know, you have to highlight it, different changes and are you going back to four days a week? Are you going back to virtual? What's going on? So yeah, that's been interesting. But yeah, it's been really good. It was a good change. I think it, it was time. I bet some of those board meetings have been pretty interesting as well. Haven't had, so they've all been virtual. Okay. At this point now though, I got one coming up this week that's going to be in person. So that'll be my first one in person, but the rest of them have been virtual. So I hadn't had to worry about it yet. Uh, but this one will be in person. I bet that one is going to be uh, pretty fun. We'll I mean, see. Yeah, I, they, uh, I, I saw one of the District 5 ones and uh, they had like the beginning where they had the floor was open and man, it was just people just let in the school district. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. People, it people, is, people are looking up, you know, it's the, the, the government, the governor really is what controls it all, honestly, but the school districts, I'm, you know, are trying to do the best they can with the knowledge that they have and the information. And it's right. Just, yeah. 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 You can't, and you can't, you can't please everybody. No, no, you can't. So are you, uh, are, are you planning on doing anything with, with sports in the near future? Any kind of play by play or anything or, uh, play by play? Probably not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> over the fall, you know, I've been doing the call in show with WVOC, yeah. uh, 103.5 FM and 560 AM. Mm -hmm best game got coverage uh so i've been doing the post game show for them for carolina football um 2018 2019 2020 uh and then in the fall i also did the uh friday night high school show on yeah. 107.5 the game and just doing the high school show um so you know the options there to do those mm -hmm. um well it might be it might not be i don't know you know it's yeah. the year um so that's something that i'll have to decide whether i want to do um yeah. i want to continue doing it I think that's, you know, they're fun. They they really are fun. But yeah. They, time. Time is, yeah. Okay. It's time so finite, you know, like, <laughs> but I really do. I, I enjoy those, those, uh, the, the shows after the games, the calling shows on 560. I, mm -hmm. I, those, you and uh, Pops always did a really good job. I really mm -hmm. always enjoyed those. Appreciate that. Those, those became very popular shockingly enough when the team gets really bad they get really popular oh yeah uh, fans need to vent until yeah, a certain point, more of a therapist until, but until a certain point because <clears throat> and i gotta be careful not to rant on this guy because i met i met will uh yeah. doing PA, pa over at hammond uh, i got to meet will i got to talk to Will a lot he's a great guy yeah yeah I, i'm wonderful, not a wonderful human being um at least in the times that i met him he you know, very approachable. You can laugh, joke, have a good time. Not a good football coach. Yeah. That's really the difference. Just not a good football coach. And fans, and for me even, like I'm a fan. I make no bones about it. I'm an alumnus. I'm a fan. I grew up a fan. Um, I love, I love Gamecock football. Yeah. Okay. I love Gamecock basketball and I love Gamecock baseball. I make no mistake. I make no qualms but in that seat i have to be the voice of reason yeah I, I can't be the fan but i can give my opinion mm -hmm. and <clears throat> so the 2018 season wasn't very good no. you know you you finished seven and five and then lost to virginia that was the virginia the virginia winning it lightly that the was, Virginia bowl game blue. Was, yeah, it was that was the nail before the nail. Uh, it that was the most pitiful 
performance I've ever seen. Outside of Akron, money on earlier, that. that Akron game was terrible too. It was. Um, you got blown out by Georgia earlier that year. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. You're still losing to Kentucky every single year. Yeah. Um, it was just not a good situation anymore. And I and I have some people who I know who kind of keep me plugged in to what's going on inside the program. And you knew it was time. Yeah. Then 2019 happens. The North Carolina game was just it was weird. Coming, man. I mean, it that was just I mean, I, after that game, I was like, that, that this is this is what it's gonna be like this year. That's just yeah. how it you know. And Jake Bentley gets hurt and you had to put Ryan Holinsky in and God bless him. Yeah. He wasn't ready. No, he wasn't. He wasn't ready. The Alabama game showed that. I'll give him that. He gave it a he gave it a hell of a shot, you know. Um yeah, but at the same point though, mm-hmm. he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're forced to play him. And he wasn't the same after that Alabama game either. No, because no, he hurt. Yeah. It's like Jake Bentley in 2018. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. Jake Bentley's shoulder was not right. No. He was go not go. Right. I, it just wasn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what got into him in that Clemson game, but after that, I, I'm I'm sorry, he wasn't right mm-hmm. the whole year. Um <clears throat> There were just problems. That team was – I think we've seen it now in the aftermath of the firing. Yeah. Um, I was shocked, by the way, that they fired Will Muschamp. I the, was, too. I thought I they were going to let him ride it out until the end yeah. and then just kind of part ways after the season. But. Well, the Sunday – the day they did it, that Sunday morning, I'm sitting in church and my phone's buzzing. Yeah, people no. are like, hey, this there, there's, there's smoke. Like, it's happening. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, no. And people I trust were like, no, it, it it's coming. About to happen, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I that was right after that was right after the Ole Miss. Was that after the Kentucky, Ole Miss game? Kentucky, that, that, Kentucky, sorry. Was it no Kentucky's yeah. when Beamer got hired? Ole Miss is when Muschamp got fired. Right. Yeah. And you lost to Ole Miss, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you lost to Ole Miss and gave up that a good clipboard game when Lane Kiffin threw the clipboard. That's right. That that did it, by the way. That yeah. did it. That was the that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. You're getting embarrassed. I mean, that was embarrassing. The whole season was a wash. So, you know, that happens, and it's understandable. And then you bring Bobo, which, by the way, before the season, I was telling people all the time, like, Bobo, the only reason he's here is to be the interim coach this year. Yeah, that's it. You knew it. You could see it from a mile away. Like, they were putting him in. They're hiring him. Yeah. And, and then so it happens, and you're trying to walk fans through this. I mean, fans were upset. Fans, fans didn't want Will Muschamp anymore, and that's fine. No one did. Yeah. Uh, the players, the players did. The they players, love. I mean, and that's one thing you, you can't take away from the guy. At, 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 he might not be a good. I'm not going to say he's a good. Sit here and argue that he's a good head coach, but I think that he is a great. I think that from everything I've seen, I don't know him personally, so I can't. You know, I'm not right. going to make an assumption, but. It, from the way his players and really from any of his stops, the way his players talk about him, he, he is a good mentor to those guys. And I think genuinely invests in those relationships with those players. Sure. Sure. He does, but then they don't win. Yeah. But I mean, then you, you got to put success on the field. You know, I mean, the fact it was a mistake. We can go back. I mean, I don't want to retread this, but it was yeah. a mistake to hire him in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You, you can't win at Florida. You're not going to win here. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't, it was just, it, it, it seemed like when that hire was made, it was just straight up, we were settling. 
You definitely were. Well, if you go back to that, if you go back to that, I mean, we, we were in class together. Yeah. During that coaching search. So in, in Liz McMillan's class. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. I'll never forget. She asked me, uh, she asked me if I'd heard anything. I guess she was quizzing me because she knew. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to get Muschamp, I think. And she's like, what do you think? I'm like, this is the most ridiculous hire I've ever seen. (laughs) But, 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 but a lot goes into that. I think, I think fans now can understand you're glad you didn't get Tom Herman. Yeah. Right. And I think you were close to getting Kirby Smart. I think we were too. I think we were very. And then Georgia went, oh no. Yeah. Fired a guy who won nine games. Yeah. And went and got him. By the way, by the way, Kirby's first, what is it, five years? About the same as Mark Ricks. Just yeah. I mean, it's almost uh, they've gotten him. He did get him to a natty. He did get him to a natty. I'll give him that. I don't think Rick got okay, him. Mark Rick would have too if there was a playoff. Yeah, that's true. You're telling, me, you're telling me Mark Rick wouldn't have done that with Aaron Murray in a playoff? Go back to 2012 when Aaron Murray didn't spike the ball when he should have. That team would have still made the playoff. You think after getting blown out against that him? was a close loss to Alabama. Yeah. Uh, well, in in 2020, 2012 <clears throat> was it 2012 might have been 2011 either what? way because I, it was it was somewhere in that in that span because they, yeah. they they were like the number four team in the country yeah yeah they you're right 2012 was when they came to carolina and got blown yeah. out. if they'd have beat alabama they'd have played notre dame yeah yeah i remember that yeah so that it was 2012 you're right it was the 2011 to 2012 it was the manti teo was on notre dame that year right in 2012 i think carolina carolina, carolina lost Carolina lost to Georgia that year. No, in 20, yeah, the 2011-2012 season they did, I believe. Oh, no, 2012. Oh, I'm getting – Well, I'm they getting blew out. I'm going to embarrass myself. Was 2012, was 2012 the punt return for A. Sanders? Yes. yes. So they bounced back. They bounced back and probably would have – probably could have won a national championship. Yeah. Um, they – yeah, that team, they always were loaded in those days. Yeah. They I'm, still are. And that's the point. Kirby Smart – get snatched up by Georgia and now you're standing here with your arms open going oh no then you hire him and he wins the press conference and you have success in year one that you probably shouldn't have year two is the press conference though you know year two you win nine games yeah that was that was the mistake right there yeah and the big mistake was then upping his buyout man no one wanted him yeah no one was going to knock down your door because no. everyone and their mother could look at that season and go, you shouldn't have won like three of those games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but to, to back to the call-in show, when, when you take calls, you got to give them enough breathing room mm-hmm. to say what they want to say. But at the same point, you got to let fact and truth reign. Yeah. Uh, let them have their opinion, but don't let them get dumb with it. Um, I've had to correct some people on the air and, you know, people have said that was really mean, but you, you can't, I want people to be smarter fans. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I want, be a smart fan, be upset. It's mm-hmm. that I'm, yeah. I can't tell you, I had to watch every single game this year. Mm-hmm. I had to watch every single snap. I can't tell you the number of times I wanted to go to bed. I, I put myself through it. So yeah, it, 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 it's not fun. But it, it got to the point this year where it was it got so bad, and it happened a few times during Will's tenure. It got so bad that I just couldn't look away. Like a tr- like a car wreck. Yeah. Or like you smush a spider under a book, and you know it's dead, but you gotta look to make sure mm-hmm. it's really dead. Yeah, you gotta like peer kind of, and you're like, oh yeah, that's a big one. You know, like I mean, that's bad. 
Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it was just because I'm just like, when did we like, how did Carolina get to this point? Like to where well, they well, had, that's the, that's what bothered me the most. They had some yeah. talent. Yeah, they do. They, they, the team still got talent. Yeah. And he didn't leave the cover bare. I will give Will Muschamp that. He didn't leave it completely bare. It ain't, it ain't full. It ain't full, but it ain't like how Spurrier left it. At least he left um, a couple pieces. Well, let I'm I'm willing to have this conversation. Um, <laughs> that that Spurrier team that was left here won six games. I'll give him that. Yeah, that's true. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah. You didn't have a quarterback in 2015, and Spurrier bolted before his record could get any worse. Yeah, like, that was a pretty snake move. Like, no question. Yeah, but it ain't his fault because he wanted to leave after 2014. Yeah, and Ray Tanner wouldn't let him. So yeah. we can have that conversation too. Yeah, his book's um, really good at talking about that. Yeah, um, he he wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. That's what he that first thirty pages of his uh, his book are literally uh, basically an apology to South Carolina fans, which I thought was really cool Spurrier to do because yeah. you do still Definitely. have to remember he did give the program the greatest success that it's ever had. Sustained, yeah. The optics were not very good on the exit. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and and you can't hold that against him because the man's never been quiet. Yeah. When he said, "I've got about two to three years left," he's just honest. Yeah, he's yeah. just honest. He's going to tell you his own. He's going to tell you his mind, and he hadn't lost anything. The man could get out there right now and call ball plays and be just fine. Oh so yeah, 100%. that covered what that covered wasn't left as bare as people think it was. Debo Samuel was still on the team. Sky Moore was still on the team. Uh, you had decent running backs coming in, and and you ended up keeping Brian Edwards. You ended up flipping Brian Edwards back. Brian was committed until Steve quit. Yeah. And so you keep him. And Brian Edwards has turned out to be the third or fourth best wide receiver to ever play in South Carolina. You got to put him in the top five. I mean, I mean, Sterling, Sterling Sharp, Kenny McKinley, Sidney Rice. Alshon, maybe. Alshon and then Brian. Yeah. Um, and, you can, and I'm willing, I'm willing to discuss Brian and Alshon's spots. Yeah. Yeah. I think just by, you got to throw Brian Edwards in there just by the sheer volume that, uh, right. just, you know, he was just, he was the dude, man. Like uh, he didn't have a lot of touchdown catches. He which didn't, is, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But he, he was consistent. And so when that happened at the end of the season and fans stopped caring, by the way, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. The, the 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 phone the phone line showed it. The fans stopped caring. Yeah. But, but 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 then the but then it changed. It was really cool because now most of your show was spent talking about who was Carolina going to get. Yeah. And, and and who who's the best fit? Mm-hmm. And and you listened. So I might I don't want to take credit for this, but I was pretty high on Shane Beamer the whole time. Yeah, I I remember that. And I, I was too. I was I was pretty. I, Anytime you can get somebody to come to Columbia that wants to come to Columbia and can bring, you know, has the energy that he has and has the, you know, the, not the pedigree, I'm not going to say that, but you know, his dad's Frank Beamer, you know, Um, his dad's Frank Beamer. He's coached under Frank Beamer, Sylvester Croom, uh, Steve Spurrier and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. It's not a bad, yeah. That's not a bad bad four group of four there. And he wants to be here. Yeah, he wants to be here. And what's really cool about this is on the last show of the season, the Kentucky game happens. Yeah. And it breaks, right? Yeah. We're on the air 
and I get a tweet and I'm like, I, I've never been more live news than this ever. So I couldn't breaking. imagine. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I can't imagine like when it's something deadly serious, like breaking an actual, you know, yeah, like, like a, like a something really catastrophic. I imagine like a terrorist attack or a plane yeah. crash or something. I couldn't imagine breaking that. This yeah. is, funny. this is different. Yeah. We get the report that Billy Napier has said no. Yeah. Uh, Billy Napier said no to a question that no one was asking. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Scott Satterfield. I was on that guy. Yeah. I'm staying here. No one asked you to leave Louisville. You said no to a question nobody was asking you. Yeah. So I said no. It was Beamer, y'all. If you're listening, if you're within the sound of my voice, it was Shane Beamer since last year. Yeah. I'm, I, I will not reveal names. Yeah. I refuse to do that. But I had a conversation with a former football player at the University of South Carolina, who I'm close to. We had a conversation. August about this and and I said well, if it doesn't work out with Muschamp this year he's gone right and he said yeah and if he is Shane Beamer's getting the job it's Beamer's job either that so, guy's got a really good predicting and you know but he's connected he's connected I'll tell you that yeah it it, it you just knew it was coming so yeah. you get him and and that show was really fun Mm-hmm. because now you're saying okay and, and then it broke that beamer has reached an agreement and you still had fans that weren't happy about that because he's never been a head coach before and he's never been in the sec before yeah well you know you've had a guy you just had a guy who was in the sec before and it was a train wreck so why would you want to if yeah you know, the the definition of insanity yeah, is doing, I, was, I was just thinking you know, definition of insanity <laughs> get a different result it's yep. not yeah so why not do something? I relate him very much to Dabo. I'm not saying he is Dabo or this is what's going to be. He's very CEO in his approach. Yeah. Okay? In, his, in his hires, you've seen it in his media um, <clears throat> abilities. He's, he's on social media. He's everywhere. He's, he's opening up the program to the fans. Muschamp was very bunker mentality and closed it in. Yeah. He's opening it back up again to Letterman, to everybody. <clears throat> you know, listen, I, I think it's very much like the Darren Horn transition. Mm-hmm. Frank, the, uh, next year might not be a good year. No. The schedule looks favorable. Not going to lie. You could legitimately be 6-1 and one heading into A&M. Yeah. Or not, but you could be. You could be, yeah. Um, I think the next year or two is going to be tough. I do. I do. And fans need to understand that. That's why I, mm-hmm. I promote people to be smart fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it can be tough, and but to be able to talk to people about Carolina football, and I told my wife this, I'm like, I would be talking about it anyway. Yeah, so like, exactly. Why not, why not talk about it on the radio and get paid for it? You yeah. Know? Why not yeah. just Why not just do this and and have some fun with it? And it's been fun to fun to hang out with pops on those Saturdays and 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 bend his ear. I remember watching him on the on the Tonight yeah. Show with Jay Leno and 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 watching him on the field and getting his stories and and his experience and um. Rob, who's who's the producer, but also one of the hosts on the show, he's been great, and I've uh, been on his show a few times because of that. And 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 Christopher, who does the pregame show with Eric Wilson, and uh, Christopher's a great boss. Uh, he's wonderful, and 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 getting to do that with him has been a lot of fun, and getting to connect with the fans, yeah. and know what the fans are going through. Yeah. And 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 to be able to to try to talk to them. There have been a lot of times where people disagreed with me, and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not a hot take shock jock. Yeah. Like some people who shall remain nameless. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know you. <laughs> I'm not going to give you outlandish opinion. 
if I have an opinion, it's because I think it's the truth and yeah. because I think it's the right thing to think. And I think it's the course of action that needs to be taken, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun to, it's been fun to do that for three years. I mean, again, just like the, just like the baseball were those three years, the most successful years. No, no, yeah. no, not at all. but it's been fun. It's, you get to talk sports, you know? Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get into a forum where you can talk sports with, with, people that know what they're talking about it's right. it's fun and that's what you were saying you know about being a smart fan and stuff you know a lot of times people are just kind of over the top and want to blame they want to put the people love to just find where to put blame in sports on people especially when they don't really realize what they're watching I, I don't know yeah. how to really put it into words but yeah, well, they don't watch they don't they don't watch they don't watch the game they watch the ball yeah, exactly. Yeah, watch the ball. fans are there. There, every every fan base has that that portion of their fans that it just wants to trash everything, you know, and and be well, that. And Carolina fans take a football mentality into every other sport. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's the same with basketball. Mm -hmm. And I have my opinions on the basketball program too. I have opinions on everything, but yeah, um, I, I think COVID year nothing's going to happen. But I'm serious. If there's not success next year, I think you're going to have a regime change um but but they take it into baseball too it's like yeah you'll you'll drop a series and you'll lose it to yeah the end and of the world it out. and i'm like y'all it's baseball you're not gonna win it you can't go 52 and oh no no and, you don't. <laughs> and going to omaha three years in a row and winning 22 straight tournament games yeah that's people cool. do not realize how hard that yeah. is to do yeah. omaha omaha should not be the standard here no, it shouldn't be the standard for any baseball program anywhere. It is so difficult to get to Omaha. Your goal should be to host a regional every year. That should yeah. be your goal. Host a regional every year, make a super regional every two years, and yeah. then make Omaha every three or four. Yeah, that, that really should be where you are. It really should be. If you do better than that, great. Yeah. Um, but people, people take that football mentality into baseball. That's, I'm so glad I don't do a baseball call-in show because yeah. I, would, I would be the most hated person in Columbia Yeah, out, outside of Mike Bobo. I would be <laughs> people would, – people would dislike me so, so much. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. That, that, going back to, uh, to Bobo, I, any – you know, you were talking about the, the definition of insanity with – how we were, you know, everybody wanted this proven SEC coach. And, I, you know, I, I think Mike Bobo is a great offensive minded coach. And I was mm -hmm. glad, you know, I was looking forward to see what kind of system he would put in place when he got he here. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was able to showcase Kevin Harris and that was nice. You know, that that, was that's, that's it. That's, that's it. Really, yeah. That had was no it. wide receivers. Yeah. Shai Smith is one wide receiver. He's a slot guy. Yeah. And I mean, Shy is a heck of an athlete. I hope I think that he will get a shot at the next level. I he hope might be a good draft pick. Yeah, he showed out at the Senior Bowl. He did. Mike Bobo. I got to be very careful. Here. Yeah, he's like a he's an old hired like SEC gun, you know, like those yeah, but mercenary SEC coaches. It feels like they the just end. Yeah. Okay. So him here as offensive coordinator. I was never really upset with the play calling. Yeah. I thought it was the best offensive coordinator Carolina had in much chance tenure. I don't think there's yeah. any question. Yeah. You put yeah. Brian McClendon in charge of that offense, you score zero points. 
Yeah. Um, so he did what he needed to do. Your best bet with that offense was to run the ball and run it and run it and run it and run it and run it. It's not his fault that Muschamp's defense was hot garbage. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. And he captained the ship through the end. Great. Mm-hmm. I know things about the end that have changed my opinion. Yeah. I hope, I hope, and this is with all due respect, mm-hmm. I hope Auburn's a laughing stock. I hope so too. I do. I really truly do. Because what I know about that situation, um, and this is me as a fan, I'm talking as a fan here, not as a member of the media, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, just bad stuff. I, I think, I think you can see that when they ask Beamer what he thinks, and he says, well, we wish him luck. Yeah. Because he was about to say something else. Yeah. And he ch- decided not to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't amicable. You can see it. It just took the high road. You could tell he was taking the high he took, road. He took the high road. Yeah. And so for yeah. me, for me, listen, all the best to him. Mm-hmm. I, his son's playing basketball at Hammond. I do PA for Hammond, like a mm-hmm. good kid, you know? Mm-hmm. All the best to him. I hope Auburn's great for him. I hope he has a great time on the planes. But when they come here in November, I hope Carolina runs them. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, and that should be every fan should want to win three games next year Kentucky, Auburn, and Clemson. Yeah. That's the three games you should want to win next year if, if, if you had a dream season, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Auburn, but Bobo was good. I mean, as an offensive coordinator, he did the best he could with what he had. There just wasn't a lot of talent here. And yeah. COVID coming in disrupts your ability to install your playbook. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, parameters to it that that didn't work out for Carolina this year, unfortunately. Yeah, it is what it is. It was death by a thousand cuts. It felt like, but um, but yeah, switching gears a little bit. So I know that you 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 post a lot and you're very uh, very comfortable with your your faith and everything. And um, I just has that has your faith that just helped you through this through your career and you know through all the, any transitions or any hard times with COVID and stuff like that? No. Yeah. I mean, no question. Um, yeah. We're, you know, we're, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know how do you put words on it. it you know, we're very um, involved uh, in our faith. Um, my father-in-law is a pastor. Okay. Um, so I, I, I teach the youth at our church. We're heavily involved in a lot of different things. My wife sings on occasion on Sunday mornings. So we're a, um, we're a very involved family, and that's great. There are a lot of people who do that, but for me, it's it's about giving up control. Um, you, you've got to be willing to. It's all about perspective for me. Um, as a Christian, growing up in the South, you think everyone's a Christian. It's just what everyone does. Everyone goes to church. You got you got three churches within a mile, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got two churches like literally right outside of my house, like one here and then one right down the road. Oh yeah, um, that I grew up at. By the way, mm-hmm. um, so it's um, but a- as you get deeper and as you grow, and I've been able to do this over the last couple of years, just sitting under some good teaching and 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 you know just studying myself, um, in in every in every single situation, and not just the little stories you read in your Bible for babies, you know your ba- baby's first Bible. Yeah. Um, everything is about giving up control. Like, you know, and and people who are listening right now who are not, you know, who who aren't Christians, uh, 
what I want to get across to you is that your your life is is your own, but it's not. If if I can be quite frank and literal, um, your everyone's put here for a reason. That's true, but it's the same reason. Um, and 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 once we realize that we're here for the glory of God and not for the glory of ourselves, it really changes the way you approach things. It changes the way you approach life. It changes the way you approach your relationships. It changes the way you approach everything. Um, so, like for example, with COVID, um, you know, COVID happens in March. My wife and I get engaged in October of 2019. So we're starting to plan a wedding, and then COVID hits. Boom. My wife's my wife works uh, at a salon. She's a hairstylist. Uh, very close. Yeah. So we're down to one income trying to plan a wedding, pay for a wedding and make things happen. Um, that in and of itself is a challenge. That's a trial. That's there. There were days where you didn't know, should we, should we push it back? Should we just make it really small? Should, what do we do? Honeymoon? Yeah. seasons on by the way like i don't know if we're gonna have a baseball season at that point either so there's a lot that i could have just been you know worried and stressed but you know you just you just you you, you pray and, and and you're like lord you you know you you will provide whether it's in the way i think or in, or not you're going to um you've done it i if you read the bible you, he's done it at every step no one's left behind here um my father-in-law has to have heart surgery like four weeks before our wedding. Oh, we don't even know if he's going to be able to officiate the wedding. So we have to be ready to, to throw in somebody different. And um, he ends up with surgery, surgery successful. I imagine. Huh? This is like the doomsday scenario for your wife. It's like everything's, you know, and, 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 you know, for me, I was in that position where now, okay, you're not single anymore. You know, you're not yeah. just the boyfriend anymore. You need to be there. And so it, it was just talking through that and praying through that and, and, and not all the time saying everything's going to be okay. Cause that can get annoying. Yeah. Saying, you know, sometimes just, Hey, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't, so we'll figure it out, you know? Um, and so then, so he has heart surgery and he ends up getting cleared to officiate our wedding. And so he's able to, and that, that was a blessing. We did have our wedding um, paid for <laughs> everything good. I don't know how I looking back, I still don't know how, um, the, you know, it was, it was a, it was a blessing to be able to plan all that. And, and, and not that money's everything, but be able to plan all that in the midst of a pandemic, yeah. just the past tax of it, flower shops are closed. Some churches won't let you do anything. Some venues closed. So just the concrete things of all that you have to do to put these things out and put these yeah. things together. Are people going to come? Yeah. That was the big thing too. You know? So we have this and, you know, things goes well and then then some people in our family get COVID oh man I have to quarantine for 10 days my wife got it oh by the way I didn't get it hmm. my wife got it I didn't just want to throw that out there I'm not saying what, what blood do you know what blood type you are I'm not the one that I'm, I I I gave blood in October and I can't remember off the top of my head you're not, the o, you're not O positive. No, nope, nope. I think I'm, I think I'm a positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, supposedly people that are a positive like us are supposed to put supposedly more susceptible to it. Yeah. Really strange, but so, so there's one positive. that's not as susceptible and one that is, and, and I'm, I'm the one that is more susceptible, but I didn't get it. 
And so through all these different things, through all these different things, I'm gonna get into details, but um, it's just just prayer, you know. It it it's it, it, it's being able to give up control and 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 saying I don't know why this is happening, but it is, and so Lord handle it. And 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 when we get through to the other side, you're you'll get the glory for it, one way or the other. Um, and I think that's really helped. <laughs> You know, and what happened in the fall with, with the election and everything, and, yeah. and since then, and being understanding that, you know, and a lot of people believe it's a fairy tale and it's a myth, and that's that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to fact. And what I, it just came across my mind the other day, like you know, they still haven't found him. Yeah. Like there's like no there's like no no evidence that that there was that there was any bones in any tomb. Yeah. So so and I've heard people say it before, I'd rather believe this my whole life and be wrong than not believe it. Yeah, and 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 yeah. You know, so at the at the, at the base, at the base level, that's kind of where I am. But you know, for anyone who's who's listening that you know doesn't you know, doesn't believe or has been struggling with it. All I would tell you just is just it's just search, you know, talk to talk to people. I, I think there's a big misunderstanding. And actually, no, there's not. People, people of faith, specifically people in the American church, are very vocal about the things they're against, and they're very vocal about, you know, what is wrong in the world. And that's fine. I think we should point out what's wrong. I I, I do. Um, however, we also need to point out what's what's the point of it all and, and, and why we're here. And when you get down to the brass tacks of the fact that the God who created the universe loves you enough that he wants you to be a part of his family, even when you don't want to be, um, any, 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 stuff, you know, and he saves you from, from the muck and the mire and he pulls you out of the pit and he, he turns lives around people. I mean, he, he changes people. I wasn't a bad cat. By no stretch of the imagination, I got saved when I was twelve. No, I was younger than that. I was about ten, ten or eleven. I think I was about. Well, I mean, growing up in the Lutheran church, you get baptized very early, Mm -hmm. like as a baby. But uh, I've also, you know, been saved to confirm your belief. Right. Turn of age. Yeah. Right, and so, and and I'm not going to tell you to read the Bible because if you're not a believer, the Bible has no authority on your life. That's just my opinion. You can go to the middle and find some good, you know, there's some good nuggets in Proverbs and Psalms. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and I think it's important to, to, to read, read the book of John, yeah. um, to know the person uh, of, of, of Christ and to know who he is um, and just to celebrate because I, I got to be careful. Um, if, as we're, as we're in these days that are um, difficult, Mm-hmm. and divisive yeah and everyone's at each other's throats about everything um, it's not about uh, it's not about whether i'm not a democrat i'm not a republican like i don't care about that stuff all i know is that when i read the book and i see how things end and how what happens we're we're kind of yeah we're 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 getting we're getting there y'all i'm serious we're getting there and i think that um 
my hope in this year, I talked about it last Sunday, is that that we become more prayerful. If you're a believer, if you're in the church, you become more a person of prayer. Um, because if you understand what you're up against, you'll be become you'll be more prayerful. You'll be more of a you know you'll pray more. Um, so when you're when you're dealing with difficult things, you're dealing with a job change, which I did. Uh, you're dealing with a worldwide pandemic, which we all have. You know, you're newly married. You're you know all these different things. I don't know how people do it without it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same. How people get through this life without, without the Lord? I don't. I don't get it. It just builds such a good foundation. I, 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 it just, you know, it's just such a good foundation for everything that you do in life. I feel like, you know, and it's just. I, I think if you get to the core, and like you said, a lot of people like to tell people what's right and wrong. You know, instead of doing more that aggressively i think if people just you know help one another and just you know just really just help each other out when we're having tough times like you know right now i think it i think that's that's what is my my relationship with god helps me with that yeah you're you're you will be known by your love that that's what he says is that you're you're they will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another and and love in that scenario is um different than you know that's more agape love that's that's willing to love people at their worst it's but it's also willing to point out where you know maybe you need to get straight you know yeah. maybe right and and i think that you know if we have more of that things would be better you know yeah. things things and specifically that kind i'm not talking about you know I know a lot of people are in unity right now, and that's fine. That's all well and good. I'd love to be unified too, but I just know that we're too far gone, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, on the political spectrum, yeah. On the political spectrum, absolutely. But we can be unified, and I'm and I'm worried that morally and 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 in society we won't be either, um, just because of the way things are going. Um, yeah, that's it's helped helped a lot. You know, I've had family members who've passed and. You know, I, I don't, I couldn't imagine going through death and grief and mourning and not having a hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a hope there. There's, you know, I, we didn't talk about it, but I mean, my, my grandfather was pretty instrumental in, in my early years, I was with him all the time. And so developing that relationship, he was in the military and he was, you know, he, he loved Carolina sports and that's kind of where my love for it really blossomed. And so you, you have those relationships. And then when that relationship stops because they're no longer here um, and it happened pretty suddenly, um, you, I, even, even I wrestled a right. lot with that. So I couldn't imagine if I didn't, if I didn't at the bottom in the, in the heart of hearts have that hope, Yeah, you know, what, what's the point of it all? And then when, if there's, no, if there's no God, then what's the point? Yeah. It, what that, are we all here for? That's that's kind of where I've also been at with it. And then with Jesus, another thing is how does a guy from that long ago stay relevant? You know what I'm saying? If, it, if there's not something to it. How does that not just get forgotten and, about? And for, for, for the most part, pretty well hated by everybody. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
I'm serious. There's no other, there's no other religious leader. And I gotta be careful saying religious leader. There's no other deity that gets as much grief. Yeah. And, and, and turns the stomach of people the way Jesus does. And that's because people don't like truth. And, and, And at the end of the day, I think that's what it is. And um, the relevancy of, of, of scripture and the fact that you can read that thing and it is living. I mean, it, 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 you can read that and it'll just slap you in the face sometimes. It lets you know that, you know, things aren't this. This isn't the end of the world. Like the Braves not making the World Series after being up three games to one is not the end of the world, kid. Like yeah. go, go, go do something impactful. Um, you know, so it changes the way you look at life. And I, and I, and I, I just encourage people that if you're, if you're not a believer, I'm not going to say that's fine because it's not, but if you're not, I would just encourage you to, you know, just search and, and, and do your due diligence and don't just write it off. Don't just write it off. Listen to personal stories. Listen, read and, and, and listen. Um, and if you are read, listen and grow, you can't, uh, Fish can't swim upstream. No. Uh, just staying still. Like you gotta, you gotta work. And so that's that's that that would be my that would be my encouragement. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's anything that can put a person more in a funk or a, a rut than not trying to grow and improve themselves, you know, and just strengthen themselves like that. Right. I think if you get into the monotony of things and don't challenge yourself and stay in that comfort, that bubble, you know, you 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 just life is it doesn't really have a purpose at that point yeah absolutely but yeah man um so where how how, is there anything any kind of projects you're working on right now that that people can check out or no not at the moment um you know starting this new job and kind of yeah you know getting getting stuff ready for that um i I've thought about doing some podcasts and things of that sort. It's just, do, do you put forward the time? Do you have the time? What do you do here? Um, so, you know, right now I'm kind of staying low key with just doing the, doing what I'm doing, what I'm not yeah, doing. Just job learning, and, the, learning the job. Um, huh? You know, if something were to come up with baseball season coming up, I'd, you know, be willing yeah. to do something with that. Uh, just to talk, talk shop and talk baseball a little bit. Um, I still give my opinion on sports. It's actually, I've been pretty quiet on social media recently just because I'm not a big NBA guy. Yeah, um, I'm not either. I've, I've never really been a big NBA and guy. And college base, college basketball hasn't been, been weird. Yeah. So, um, like I'm not looking forward to watching Carolina today, but. Uh, <laughs> well, they gave us a little hope. They always give us a little hope. Like every, last week. Every year. Yeah. Same, same thing every year with them. Um, but, you know, once college baseball season starts, I'll be a little bit more active yeah. and just talking about different things and probably get out some high school games and do some freelance work there just to keep the, keep the juices flowing. Cause the worst thing you can do is, is not use your voice um, and, and get stale because that makes that for that makes that next time behind the mic that much more oh, yeah. restful. Before we get back to my conversation with Justin, I just wanted to remind everybody that The Curious Mind of Griff is now on the Apple Podcast app, the Spotify app, and the Google Podcasting app. Be sure to go on there, follow, subscribe, give us a rating, and let us know how we're doing. 
All right, now back to our conversation with Justin Hall. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing in the moment that that's pressing. But hopefully, with baseball season, I might have a little bit more time on Saturdays to kind of do a quick little, you know, podcast each week or something, kind of recapping. I'll probably probably more Braves Central. Yeah. Um, and and maybe a little college baseball too, but that you know we'll see. Well, if you ever need somebody to to chat with, you know where I am. Um, hey, no I, the podcasting that. thing, man, it's actually I've had a lot of fun doing it, and I've had a chance to meet some some people, some really interesting people, and just get some perspectives on different stuff that I just I find somewhat curious and dive into, man. It's it's yeah. been a lot of fun, but yeah, it's yeah. become my little Saturday tradition now. So yeah. That's- <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And I will, I will say there's one, there's one story. I, I don't know if I've told enough stories from my play-by-play days. But oh, no, you're good. There's one, there's one that I, that when, when we talked about doing this, I wanted to tell, we oh, yeah. were, we were in Florence in 2018. Mm-hmm. We had to play a double header. So it's two seven inning games. Uh, the first game was delayed because of lightning. Oh, lovely. By like two hours. Oh, lovely. Because there was a storm that just sat over. So in the PD area, you know, those storms don't move. No, it's weird. They just sit. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't go anywhere. They don't go toward the beach. Yeah, they just they sit there. Cross, they also don't cross the state line. It's very strange. Yeah. So like a two-hour lightning delay. Right. And I can't, I can't go out and broadcast anything because in, at Sparrow Stadium, because they play at Francis Marion, I wasn't allowed to be in the booth. I had to be out in front of the booth amongst the crowd. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. All the metal bleachers, not fun. No, yeah. So great people though, had a great time. Anyway, uh, two hour lightning delay. We get game one done, seven innings. That game got done about ten thirty. Still got to play game two. Oh man! So game two gets game two gets started, and we're about in the fourth or fifth inning. Fourth inning. So fourth inning. It's already about close to midnight. Yeah. And out in, out in the outfield, you start to see it. The fog. Oh, no. Start to settle in. Oh, man. And uh, it kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. A little early morning fog down south. Uh-huh. And yeah. so, so it's late. Game's getting good, by the way. Blowfish got a chance to take the lead here. Runner on second guy hits a fly ball in the center field and the center fielder just gets that look of like where is the ball <laughs> he, didn't even, he didn't even look up yeah look up he just said i have no idea where this is yeah ball drops right in front of him runs scores the umpires count it the two people that are left in the stands who really are enjoying this are just mad i mean spitting angry yeah and this is in the seventh inning. This is the last inning. And you're in the top half of the seventh. And these, this run comes in to score. Blowfish have the lead. I'm getting excited. But me and the guy, they're playing. I play guys like right behind me in the booth. So I, I'm turning around. I'm looking at him like, have you ever seen anything like this? And he's, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Well, then they, the umpires stop the game. And, and they meet. And, and, and we're far away from the fields. So we have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. And I'm trying to describe this to the probably the one listener that I had <laughs> at, at midnight 15 on a Thursday night. And, <laughs> and I'm like, certainly they can't like 
not count it. Like it yeah, happened. You can go back. Not count it. Oh no. Uh, then they tell the coaches, and the blowfish coach just goes off. He yeah. I, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I'm I'm like, we're gonna. I had I think I hit probably five breaks in ten minutes because there was just nothing to talk about because we had no yeah. idea. What we're doing. So we hit, <laughs> let's, get the, let's get the sponsors out here. We, hit a, we hit a break. Yeah. We hit a break, and I go down to the fence or to the net. And I went, I asked, who, who was it I asked? I can't remember. It might have been Josh Center. I said, Center, what's going on? And he said, they're saying that it was unplayable conditions, and they're making it official after four innings, so we lost. What? I'm like, I didn't know they could do that. And he said, I, I didn't know they could do that either. So that was their decision. So and the umpire just walked off the field. He had enough, apparently. Yeah, the umpire just had enough. Wow. They walk off the field. <laughs> Did you challenge him? No. You couldn't – it's technically like 10 minutes had passed, so a protest has to be done as soon as the play happens. Oh, but we were able to protest. We were able to protest the game. The turns game, out, yeah, that's what I meant. The the loss. Yeah, it turns out they couldn't do that. Okay. So we ended up picking that game. We picked the game up like a week and a half later and oh, played wow. the final inning before the next game. Oh man! Ended up winning the game. Ended up winning the game because ball don't lie. But yeah. uh, it was it was it was pretty. Um, I was one of the more memorable. Yeah, uh, that's insane. One of the more memorable moments I've had. There have been a lot of rainouts and a lot of wasted trips to Macon four hours down the road and back, you know. Um, a lot of those. But that that was probably the most memorable weather-related. Yeah, that's crazy. So you're driving back home and you're like, what the heck just happened? Oh, like, absolutely. Lost when we won? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, and the players were mad and I oh, was mad. Man. And I was on the phone. I was on the phone with our GM. Like, you yeah, need to get like, on the phone. Hey. So was this when you were in in the management role also at that point? I was working in the front. No, no, I was just a play by play person. Okay, I was just a play by play person at that point. Um, there have been a lot of you know there have been a lot of crazy moments. Um, oh, I imagine in the game in Savannah, they had the international tiebreaker rule where if the number four batter is coming up to start the inning and extra innings, that means the number three batter in the lineup is at first and the number two batter in the lineup is at second. Oh wow! Well, I noticed that the opposing team put the wrong guys on base. Hmm. I'm like shouting down the press box is way up. So I'm like trying to shout down and get people's attention. Like they've got the wrong guys in. Yeah. It's the first, it's the first go at this. No one had ever done it before and no one called it. Oh, wow. The coach is I like, told, well, let's see. I told, I told the coach, I told the coach after the game, like, Hey, they're, you know, they, they put the wrong guys in. He tried to protest that and he couldn't because it had already happened and the game was official and you couldn't go back and replay it. Yeah. That's Turns it. out you could. Yeah. You could. <laughs> That international rule, see, that's one of the problems with it. Like, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, you wouldn't have that problem probably in the major leagues, I imagine, because they would just stop play in New York or wherever. Right. But Completely different. Completely yeah, you different. have that luxury, you know. And yeah. So that's crazy. So have you ever, uh, with that, is have you ever seen um, – like a like a bad uh, manager, not not a bad manager, but like a manager just go nuts, like in a weird way, other than managers normally going nuts on umpires in those kind of leagues. That's what usually what you see on like the Sports Center videos is like. Yeah. Um. I mean, our coach got thrown out a few times. 
there was a fight one time after a game. That was fun. Yeah, you got to love that. Commissioner of the league was there that night too. That was really fun. Oh, that's that makes it even better. It was so great. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, get the camera, shut the camera off, shut the camera off. Uh, let's see. I not that happened with us, but I did know of a manager that uh, was like he took off his coach's jacket and folded it up and laid it on home plate. I mean, he basically stripped down. Wow. Laid on home plate. And that made it on foul pole. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't I don't really remember seeing anything crazy like that. I've seen fans hit with foul balls. Um, I, I watched as Bo Mikowski, who is uh, uh, Don Mikowski, who was the quarterback before Brett Favre. Yeah. Uh, that's his son, plays up at Clemson. Um, I watched him make a diving attempt at a ball and land on his shoulder and completely separate it. Oh. In a in a fourteen to two lead, by the way, he separates his shoulder. Oh man! I've seen like some crazy plays like that and some just insane stuff that I'll go back and watch it on occasion. I was doing that earlier, right before we started doing this interview. I was watching some stuff from last year that was pretty cool. So, but no crazy manager stuff. No, yeah, I, I imagine that they're trying not to go too crazy because they're probably trying to move up. But uh, yeah, right. it, that's what I that and that's one thing I love about. Um, you know, baseball is just all, anything can happen, you know, like any craziness just can happen. Right. And that ball, it, it can take some funny hops sometimes, just like in football. Yeah, it does. That little white ball can bounce in ways you don't expect. Yeah. You, you see, you see some crazy things. There's no, there's no question about that. You see, you see wildness and wackiness all the time. That's, that's what I love about baseball. Every game's different. Yeah, and you could get you can get obliterated fourteen to four one day and come back and win two to one the next day. It's just sometimes you run into a pitcher that's really hot. Sometimes your lineup's really cold or really hot, and you just never know. And that's yeah. that's the beauty, that's the beauty of the game. You can never get too high. You can never get too low. May he rest in peace. The great Hank Aaron always said it. When what do you do when you're in a slump? I just keep swinging. Yeah, hey, that's 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 life in a nutshell, right there. You can you can correlate that to life just as easy as you can baseball yeah i want to make sure i got a hank aaron piece in there it's been a tough couple of months for our for our braves country folks it's been yeah we man, lost phil we lost phil necro don sutton and hank aaron all within like a month it's not, man, been, yeah. not been a fun ride but baseball in general i mean you look at you know major league baseball we're losing a lot of giants of the game yeah. so, hopefully, hopefully this new generation but there's so much great talent i know we got to close i know but there's so much great talent in baseball right now. I mean, you just look across the league. I mean, you go division by division. There's so many good young guys, so many good young guys. And then the college game stacked too right now. Right. So. The college game is, the college game is stacked with great players. And you look at the pros. I mean, you look at the Braves, you've got Ronald Acuna and Dansby Swanson. And Ozzie, that's just your lineup. That doesn't count your pitching staff, which includes Mike Soroka and Max Freed, who are two of the best young pitchers I've seen ever in a Braves uniform. Um, I, I mean, you look at you look at the Cardinals. You guys just picked up Arenado, or you, I mean, just the NL East. I mean, look at Washington. Look at New York. What they're doing. Look at look at the Dodgers pitching rotation now. You look at their lineup. How do you, like that was the thing about the NLCS? Like, I told my wife, Mike, they, they they don't have a bad bat in the lineup. Like, I our pitchers cannot take a break. They 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 have to battle every single AB. It was so annoying. And, and then he was just playing out of his mind. So right. Yeah. Right. And so you, there's just so much talent in the game. And even the really bad teams, 
have their guys. You have know? their guys. I mean, the Marlins aren't bad. No, no. They, I mean, they proved it last year. They have some good young guys that are and, – And the Pirates are pretty bad. But, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you don't pay anybody and you just don't care. Um, the, red, the Reds the Reds are really good. The Reds are going to be good. The Reds are going to be in the hunt this year. The White Sox will make the World Series. You think so? I'm serious. They are. They they're are legit. They're, they're legit. legit. They're not loaded. That but I don't. Is pretty I don't loaded. Trust, I don't. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. I don't yeah. trust the Yankees. Um, I mean, it might be, maybe the Rays. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But, but I would put. I would if I were a betting man, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Betting man would be White Sox Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah, I think um, Dodgers. That that would probably but, be the favorite. Um, but my heart. My heart would really like to see like a like an Atlanta and Tampa Bay. That would be a good series. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be a good series as long as as long as the Braves win. I'm trying to think of another American League team that I would like uh, over the White Sox. I'm trying to think here. Um, well, it'd only be the Rays for me unless unless like the Mariners make it. Yeah, like a Mar- the Mariners got some good young players. Um, right. I mean, maybe the A's. I wouldn't mind seeing the A's. The A's wouldn't be bad either. Uh, I I wouldn't care to see like the Rangers or somebody like that. Uh, no, and I don't want to see the Astros again. No, the twins. Astros. I'm always I'm always okay with the Twins. If the, yeah, the and I think run. the Twins got a shot to make some noise this year. Mm-hmm. They they got um, they signed. Oh gosh, how's his name gonna slip my my head now? The Nelson Cruz, the DH. Yeah. The, well, he plays left fielder sometimes. Yeah left field not left fielder um they signed him for another year you know and then they have they have some good arms and and the the you know the the national leagues is what i'm looking forward to this year national league is stacked yeah it's loaded with talent. it's stacked i mean the nationals retooled and reloaded got some good talent yeah um i think the nl east and I say this because I watch it. I think the NL East is the toughest division. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that 100. There's <clears> not really a bad team. Yeah, I mean, the what brings down the NL Central is the Pirates. Yeah, so we yeah you get the Pirates. And I don't, Colin, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bash your Cubs because of that, but I just don't think the Cubs are going to be very good because they lost too many pieces. Being yeah. one of them being their manager. <laughs> yeah, hurts, and then losing Theo, you know hurts them too but um, yeah, I, think, I think the nl east might be the toughest division because you look at it the mets are always going to be the favorite before the season until may like that, that's always been my thing the mets are really good until may yeah well yeah it's like they do what they do it's how far how far can degrom and you know that rotation take them um very they only pitch once every five games yeah exactly exactly so, you got to get a lineup there. And the Nationals are going to be really good like they always are. The Braves are good. The Phillies are going to be great. They always are. The Phillies have a bunch of good young guys, too. I forgot about that. And then you got the the Braves have all their young guys. And then the Marlins. The Marlins, I think, are going to – with so with 60-game season, I think that set up well for them. But right. I, I think this year they might have a little bit of a tougher time with the 162 games. And, uh, you know, heaven forbid that – they catch COVID like they did last year. The Cardinals do. Jeez, man, that was a rough two weeks. It was right. like, I go I, however long we went with nothing baseball-wise. And then they play for – I think the Cardinals maybe played that first two weeks. And then, and then all of them COVID. 
like every single one of them. Yeah. The Braves they, luckily didn't have to worry with it. I yeah. Mean, y'all, y'all made it through the whole year, even though it was like, it Freddie was, got it right before. Yeah. Freddie got it right before. And then it was, there was a couple times where they thought they had to isolate them, I think after mm-hmm. the Marlins game that one time, but nobody. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. We were lucky. So I'm, I'm really excited for baseball season. I know college baseball is coming up and yeah. uh, major league. I, I, I'm serious. Don't push the start back. Rob Manfred, if you're listening, don't delay the start of spring training. There's no reason to. Yeah. There's no not- reason to. You've already gone through a whole season. You're fine. Yeah. Do it. I can't, I can't. I cannot take a spring of no baseball again. I'm telling yeah. you, I was bored out of my mind. Luckily, the MLB the show was able to kind of carry me a little bit, but they can only. I didn't have it. No, it's it's. Yeah, great... I don't have MLB the show, I so I, I had no, I had no baseball. Oh, yeah, I, I would have gone insane without the show. I, I think. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So hopefully things work out for the better. Hopefully sports can keep us going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, man, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to talk with me today, man. I'm yeah, I, I appreciate it. Any any time. It was it was fun to kind of recount and remember and yeah, just a little bit and good to catch up, man. And we'll uh, we'll we'll get together again soon, man, and do another one. It was good talking. Yeah. Sounds good. Good talking to you. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Special shout out to Justin Hall for uh, doing this podcast with me today. You can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin B. Hall, spelled just like it sounds, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-H-A-L-L. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, the Spotify app, and the Google Podcasting app. Uh, Be sure to follow, subscribe, leave us a review. can't tell you guys enough how thankful I am for the love and support that I've received since starting the show. Um, You guys have just been awesome. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the future, so make sure to follow the show's Twitter at Mind of Griff. And if you need to contact us, feel free to email us at thecuriousmindofgriff at gmail.com. Thanks, guys.